am Alexander B. Stevens. This is the brand new up and coming podcast entitled, What is he thinking? The sometimes uncomfortable, sometimes politically incorrect, but always sincere and truthful podcast for the benefit of women from the perspective of men. You've got questions. I've got answers. 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 Preference. A greater liking for one alternative over another or others. Preference. A choosing of or special liking for one person or thing rather than another. Preference. In psychology, economics, and philosophy, a preference is a technical term usually used in relation to choosing between alternatives. For example, someone prefers A over B if they would rather choose A than B. Requirement, a thing that is needed, a thing that is compulsory, a necessary condition. Requirement, something essential to the existence or occurrence of something else. Requirement. Something that is required. Required. Officially compulsory or otherwise considered essential, indispensable. What's going on? This is Alexander B. Stevens back for another installment of the podcast. What is he thinking? You might be wondering why did I start this episode off giving definitions of the word preference and requirement? Well, that's because today we're going to talk about a philosophical difference that most men have with most women when it comes to our dating mindset and strategies. And that is the whole debate over a preference or requirement. A dating preference versus a dating or relationship requirement. In my opinion, the majority of women treat requirements and preferences as if they are the same. The majority of women preferences are their requirements. And because of this, their dating life is made that much more difficult and it's no one's fault but the person in the mirror. While on the other hand, the average guy understands that, yes, I have these set of 20 preferences that I would like in my ideal mate, but all these preferences aren't requirements. Only four or five of them are, and everything else I can compromise on, I can have some wiggle room regarding, or is negotiable. Phrases like compromise and wiggle room and negotiable to many women, those words sound like things that someone says right before they get to talking about settling. And settling, that's the four letter word in the dating and relationship realm that women run from like the plague. And aren't we uh, quite familiar with how people respond to something that's pretty similar to a plague here in 2021? Anyway, negotiate, compromise, wiggle room. Those aren't words for the settler. Those are words for the person that is rational, reasonable, and realistic about their situation. The term settling is used way too much in the relationship realm anyway, and it's quite often misused. My preference could be to go to Harvard, but if I got a GED and I end up settling on going to the community college, did I really settle because I didn't actually end up doing what my preference was? 
Or did I not qualify for my goal? Was my preference just unrealistic? And I got the best that I could get. And if you get the best that you can get, is it really settling? Anyway, that's for another podcast and another time. Just wanted to throw that idea out there. Back to preferences and requirements. As the definitions indicate, a requirement is something that you must have unless things won't work. Something that has to be there unless nothing else matters. While a preference is, I'd rather go to Target than Walmart. I'd rather have that blue dress than the red one. You would prefer it this way, but if it went that way, things could still move forward and the world would not end. But unfortunately, like I've already said, there are too many women in the dating world today, especially women who are in their 20s and think they have endless opportunities and endless potential suitors that act like if they don't get all of their preferences or 90% of their preferences that things just won't work and they can't deal with it and they can't entertain it because if they did, they would be quote unquote settling. Hmm. Let me step back for a moment. There's a book that I read in 2019 that was originally released in 2014 and now has been re-released just a week ago entitled The Science of Happily Ever After. Tai Tasharo is the author of this book. He has a PhD in psychology and is a former professor at the University of Minnesota and the University of Colorado. Anyway, the second or third chapter of his book talks about how one can only expect or one should only expect to get three wishes when trying to choose a partner. Three wishes. Earlier I said four or five. This doctor says you can only reasonably expect three. Why does he say this? The simple answer to that question is because of math. In this book, they reference a study done using the Drake equation, which is a mathematical equation that basically takes a vast, large set of potential options or choices and narrows it down to a much smaller, easier to handle, reasonable, feasible, viable group of options. Let's look at an example so you can realize and understand how quickly it becomes improbable that you will find somebody that has all the traits that you like. By only using three traits, three qualifications, preferences, requirements, whatever you want to call them, to narrow down the dating pool. Choosing somebody average in three different unique traits amongst a field of 1,000 individuals will narrow that pool down from 1,000 to about 125 people. Now, I hope you heard what I said. That's just somebody who was average in these three different traits. What if you wanted somebody who was in the top 20% of these three unique traits? The top 20% in intelligence, top 20% in faithfulness to the religion of your choice, top 20% in attractiveness. If you're looking for an individual who is in the top 20% of three different specific traits, then that gives you a one in 10,000 chance of finding that person. You'd have to meet 10,000 people to find one person that had all three of those traits at the top 20th percentile. Mm. So imagine what the odds look like if you add a fourth, fifth, or even a sixth requirement must have 
trait to the equation, especially if you're not satisfied with that person having the average level 50th percentile amount of that trait, but you want them to be top 20 percentile. Imagine what that does to the math. If you have six or seven must-haves, then there's only a small handful of people in the country. If you live in a country as large as America, it's only two potential people in the country that even qualify for that. And who's to say that they're single or you'll ever meet them or that they think you're good enough for them and they'll even like you in the first place. Like I said earlier, just because somebody prefers or somebody's goal is Harvard doesn't mean it's realistic that they should be admitted into Harvard. So what happens when you have these long lists of must-haves and you don't end up getting what you desire because those odds are so slim? What do you end up getting? Do you end up getting a hodgepodge of traits that don't really work well with your personality? That don't work well with your long-term goals? Do you get lucky and find another set of traits that you weren't necessarily asking for, but are actually the most important traits that are conducive to a long-lasting relationship that's successful? Or after the honeymoon phase is over, do you just end up with a person who has a set of traits that are combustible with your personality and with your traits and you have a dysfunctional, toxic mess on your hands? Or lastly, do you just get frustrated with not being able to check off all your boxes that you have for a potential mate and just check out of the game, just stop dating for a while and focus on something else, thinking that things might be easier in the future and not really realizing that the older you get, the more difficult dating will become. Hmm. The book asks another question. If a fairy godmother came down and granted you three wishes that you could have in a mate, what would your strategy be? You must not forget, you must always take into account that these three traits that you wish from your fairy godmother will have the greatest impact out of almost everything else on earth in determining how long lasting and how happy your relationship will be. So what does the book, and correspondingly, what does Alexander B say the best strategy should be? The best strategy is to follow the odds. Accept the limitations on partner selection that those odds will present to you and make the best decision possible given the cards you have remaining in your hand in order to get those top three traits that you desire. Assuming you've wisely selected the three traits you're shooting for and no more than one of them are shallow. According to the book, what should one use their wishes on? What should they be looking for in a partner? Well, first, the book says, of course, don't ignore red flags because somebody has something you like. A red flag is still a red flag. But when it talks about what one should be looking for in a partner or the wishes they should be making, they should focus on traits and characteristics that remain constant over time. And many scientists believe that personality, the elements of your personality, you know, extroverted versus introverted, calm, neurotic, things like this remain pretty constant over time. Certain physical features, not necessarily a waistline, but if you're a person that loves a smile, somebody with a good smile is gonna have a good smile for most of their life unless they just don't go to the dentist. Attachment style is a person avoidant, insecure, secure. These are the type of wishes you should wish for. These are the type of traits you should look for because you could depend on those traits to last in order for you to be able to build a relationship on top of them. What happens too many times during dating is that a woman or a man, either one, goes after a person who possesses three or four things that they like and they can easily identify and not necessarily a person that possesses three or four things that are the most important to them. 
It's like, think of it this way. Imagine if you won a contest and got to participate in a all expenses paid shopping spree that only lasted 10 minutes. You have all of these different options running through your brain, all of these different things that you like, all these different things that you want. The intelligent person, however, is gonna grab the four or five most important things that they have in their mind, or maybe the five most expensive things that they have in their mind. Not just the four or five first things that they come across that they don't hate. The intelligent person is going to be calculated and deliberate with their decision making, not impulsive or short-sighted. Unfortunately, too many times, most people date with the latter mindset, not the former, wasting their wishes. Anyway, let's move beyond the book and let me go down some preferences that many women have when it comes to dating that they treat most of the time as if they are requirements. Let's see how likely or unlikely finding somebody that has this trait would be. Most women want a guy who is tall. Let's define tall as an individual who is six feet or taller. Only 14.5% of the population is six feet or taller. By that one requirement alone, you've eliminated 85 out of 100 guys. If you define tall as somebody over 6'2", then now we're down to less than 4% of the population that could potentially be your man. You've eliminated over 96 out of 100 men. What if you want a man that makes over $100,000 a year? Well, in America, only 9% of people make $100,000 annually or more. So that's approximately 11% of the male population that earns over six figures. You've eliminated 89% of the male population. Assuming that's your only criteria for determining who you wanna date. What if you want a guy who's in pretty good shape? Let's define that as a man who has visible abs, as a man who's in pretty good shape. Well, that's only 15 to 20% of men that would be considered in pretty good shape, according to my research. Over half of men would be considered overweight or obese. Let's say that you want a man that's smart, and smart can be defined many ways. Let's just look at IQ. Two thirds of people are in between an 85 and 115 IQ. So that's the vast majority of people. So let's define a smart person as somebody who has a 115 IQ or greater. Well, that's only 16% of the population. What about street smarts? What if you want somebody that's technically book smart and street smart? Hmm. What if you want somebody that's a Protestant Christian? Well, that's less than 48% of men in America. And that's not taking into consideration how devout they are in their faith. So that 48% can turn into five or 10% pretty easily. Notice that we haven't even factored in personality components like confidence, charisma, sense of humor, compatibility with your personality. We haven't even factored in any of those things. Or if the person is single to begin with, or if they're married, or if they're 40 years older than you, or 20 years younger than you, or if they are heterosexual or homosexual. So let's say you wanted a combination of some of these traits that I've just listed. Well, a simplified way that you could determine 
the percentage of people that have three or four of the items I just listed is to multiply those percentages together. So 15% of 14% of 11%, etc., etc. And you can see how quickly the number can get really, really small. And we haven't even factored in the person's race or if they believe in marriage or not, or if they want to have any kids or not, or if they already have kids from a previous relationship or not. And all of these percentages of the population must be multiplied by other percentages of the populations that correspond with the traits and characteristics that you desire and require, which would decrease the number of people who qualify for you to take seriously in a potential relationship to an even smaller, more minute number. And as you can see, not to belabor the point, but having more than three or four, five at the maximum requirements of somebody that you will potentially date really is just a mathematical suicide on your dating life. Now, I know you might be sitting there saying, I just got to find that one person. I'm just looking for my soulmate. Who cares if they're 1% of 1% of 1% of 1%. I just need that one. But in reality, those who have unrealistic standards or those who have too many standards and requirements typically end up alone and unhappy. Life and the relationships that you have are what you make of them. They are what you make of them. You pick somebody with good potential, a good core base of values and personality traits, a good foundation of characteristics that you desire and work well with you, and you choose to work with them. You choose to fight and struggle with them. You choose to learn them and to overcome obstacles together with them as you grow together in love into the future. That's what relationships are. Relationships are a choice and relationships are work. Nobody's perfect. And if they were perfect, why would they want you? Because you know, you're not perfect. So what's my overall point with this podcast episode? My point is there's a difference between preferences and requirements. Don't confuse the two. Requirements are must-haves. If I don't have this, there's no way we can have a good relationship. Preferences are I would like to have. But if I don't get it, I can still find a good man to have a happy life with. Example, I require that the man that I want to marry believe in God and want to have children. I would like for him to be tall. You're only 5'4 anyway. Doesn't matter if he's 5'9". He could still be that godly man that you want to settle down with. That could have your 2.5 kids and a dog. Just because when you wear heels, you can look at him eye to eye. Doesn't mean you aren't still significantly shorter than him. He's still stronger than you. He can still protect you. And he has all the qualities, characteristics, and features that actually matter. Hmm. Another side point is typically men are better at separating preference from requirement than women are. A lot of guys would like to date a blonde or would prefer a woman with a large up top area. But that doesn't mean they look the other way when a brunette comes. That doesn't mean they won't acknowledge a woman who's flat chested with a large butt. Men tend to understand a little bit better that ideally I would want my future wife to look like this famous singer or that famous video vixen. But in reality, there's a wide variety of physical looks that I could have a happy life with. Ideally, I'd want her to be A, B, and C. But realistically, as long as she's kind, feminine, giving, cooperative, cute, and sincere, 
we can make something work. And my final and probably most important point when it comes to requirements, you should have no more than five and you should make sure that three, four, and if you're a saint, all five of them are deep, important characteristics or issues and not shallow, physical, carnal ones. Follow this advice and your dating life and your dating options will open up. Your mind will be more realistic and your chances at finding love will greatly increase. Keep doing it how you've been doing it. And you know what the definition of insanity is, right? Doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Well, that's about all that I have on this topic. But while I was recording this podcast, I had one of my good friends from childhood, Keith, give me a call. So I decided to have a brief impromptu mini interview with him regarding this subject. So I'm going to leave you with his words. And please take note of what he is thinking. Since you had the audacity to interrupt my recording and give me a call while I was trying to put together this podcast, you're just going to have to help me out with it and become a part of it. So, Keith, I have a question for you. In general, when women are dating and they're thinking about their preferences that they have in a mate, do you think that most women take the majority of these preferences and make them requirements? Yes and no. I would say 90% yes. How do you feel about that? I think their only preference that may change over time is looks as far as how attractive a man is. I think women are a little bit too picky sometimes. I understand that they're on a different time scale as far as like having kids and everything, but um, I feel like especially good looking women do a lot of window shopping. And I think that there, there's always going to be somebody better looking. There's always going to be somebody that makes more money, a little bit more successful, comes from a little bit better family. So I think that's why men hate going shopping with women, because we're sitting there on the bench and they're coming out with different dresses. And at some point you have to say, how many more dresses are you going to put on? You get what I'm saying? You got to make a decision at some point. And I feel like our society is built now with this new era of options. You can do anything. Like, there's a thousand people online. There's a thousand things to choose from. And more options than always the best. I was listening to somebody, and I know that you shouldn't go by TikTok on getting advice from women. But this woman was on TikTok, and she said, really good-looking men are overrated. Find a man who's like a seven that can beat up the kitty cat and make you laugh and be done. And I think that's important when you're dating somebody. Somebody that can always make you laugh good sex and still good looking i mean of course there's going to be guys who are always better looking there's always going to be so many different options but i feel like a lot of women don't go by that rule they go by what's the best i can get out of all these men that i'm able to attract online or at a bar or whatever and then i'll attract the best looking man and then i'll change everything else about him or he'll eventually change into what i want him to be and I think that, like that woman said, never let your idea of a perfect situation be the enemy of a really good situation. Whoa, I've never heard that before. I like that. I like that. So that's what I would say. I think, yes, women, their preferences, like 90% of the time, 
are all about looks and money and not about all the, the really important things. Because I'll be honest with you, I can be poor with somebody and laugh all the time about all kinds of stuff and be happy, you know? Yeah. And make a decent amount of money and be like, hey, we're good. I can't laugh with somebody that has a lot of money who comes home in a bad mood every day and wants to blame all the problems on you every day. I hear you. You can't go back the other direction with that because you can always make more money. You know, you can meet somebody tomorrow and they only make $60,000 or $50,000 or even $40,000 or $30,000 and they move their way up in five or six years to 90 to 100 and they have a side business that they make money on. Yeah. So that's what I think. I think women need to realize that their requirements should change. I think they should change too. Why? Because of what you said, that lady said earlier. Never let the idea of a perfect situation be the enemy of a good one. All right, that should just about wrap things up. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. And if you found any part of this episode helpful, thought-provoking, or intriguing, please share it with a friend. The more people I can help, the better I feel within. If you have any questions, any suggestions for new topics for me to discuss in the future, or if you need any clarification on anything I have spoken on, please just shoot me an email at what is he thinking at gmail.com what is he thinking at gmail.com or you can send me a message via my anchor website all you need to do is go to anchor.fm forward slash what is he thinking forward slash message anchor.fm slash what is he thinking slash message go there leave me a couple words and if it's constructive i will definitely get back to you or keep your thoughts in mind when i record future podcasts and never forget i'm not here to tickle your ear my only goal is to tell you what you need to know i'm not here to offend i just want to see you win with men well until we meet again 